0: Uh, Your movie, your intro.
1: Alrighty. (coughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sex and Violence, your punk rock movie podcast about boobs, blood, guns, gore, wieners, nipples sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes nipples. There were nipples in this one. There were nipples. Plenty of violence in this one. Plenty of violence. Hammers to the mouth. Mm. And, uh, uh, yeah, good stuff.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Sexy
1: good times. I am one of your hosts. I am Gabriel Amara. And with me, as always...
0: I'm the other host. I'm Ryan Snyder. Hi, Ryan. Hello, sir. How, Ryan, are, you? how are you? Oh. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa.
1: Me first, you first. You first. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm good. It's a beautiful day. Oh, no, not really. <laughs> eh. It's a beautiful day since we're alive. This is Ryan.
0: actually like similar weather to when we actually watched the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. And sorry for leaving you outside my door for 10 minutes. I hey, was hey, sleeping. Right. No, I was outside
1: oh. your, your house door, not your building door.
0: Yeah, but then you were outside my door door. I think somebody let you in. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, no, so. that was quick. No problem. Oh, well,
1: but yeah, it's it's been a weird May, everyone. You're going to be hearing this in like June, but yeah. it's been a weird May. You it know was how it hot weird. as
0: balls for one day, and then the next day it was like 30 degrees cooler. Don't bastard. like it. Ugh, I, don't, I don't get it. Just pick a temperature yeah. and fucking stay it.
1: I'm just not a fan. I just like consistency.
0: I'm like a, a 75 and breezy mm. kind of guy. Like, you know, little clouds in the that sky. That kind of
1: sums you up as a person. Yeah. Ryan Snyder, 75 and breezy.
0: So I always sell drinks. I'm like, this drink is light and approachable, not unlike the bartender who made it.
1: That was me. That <laughs> was me. Smooth. Yeah. I'm like, this drink is like me. Loud mm. and bright.
0: Loud and bright. I like it.
1: Yeah, or smoky and dark.
0: Smoky and dark. Not, not anymore so I don't so see so much. smoky and dark.
1: No. I mean, like, complexion.
0: Yeah. That Milky. might be Neil. Smoky and dark. That's, yeah. Yeah, that gravelly voice of his. Mm-hmm. Ah. The mayor. The mayor. We're, we're going
1: to get him in office.
0: Yeah, we need to. Anyway.
1: So for this week's movie, we watched Old Boy, the 2003 film from Pork Chan-wook, Park Chan-wook, not Pork Chan-wook. Pork Chan-wook. That'd be a good, uh, good parody. Good dish. Yeah. Oh, that could be delicious yeah. if we did a movie-themed restaurant.
0: Okay. Just all like... <laughs> I'm not even going to get into it. Uh-huh. We're going to go on in like a 10-minute spree. Yeah, be another food thing. Yeah, I can't do it. We,
1: we work in food, people. Yeah. But Park Chan-wook directed Old Boy. 2003, it was the Grand Prix winner of Cannes that year. And Ryan, do you want to sum up Old Boy for the listeners again? Spoilerific.
0: Spoilerific. Okay. Oh, so you don't
1: want to spoil it at first.
0: Um, no. I'm, I'm, we'll see where it goes. Okay. All right, so the year is 1988. I believe so. Yes, yeah, 1988, and there is a uh, drunken asshole in a police station, just being a big old drunk asshole. Mm-hmm. His friend comes to get him out, and uh, while well, friend's on the phone, homeboy gets kidnapped. Wakes up in like a little hotel room, just screaming, Why am I here? Why am I here? Uh, he ends up being there for like 15 years. 15 so let him, years. 15 years. So he gets out in 03, uh, finds out... While he's in prison, he's watching TV, and he finds out that his wife has been murdered. So he gets out, and he's like, Where's my daughter? And like, Oh, your daughter's in Sweden. Or some shit like that. Eva Stockler. And, uh, yeah, now he has to find the hold on where are we at this this (laughs) movie gets convoluted a little bit in my mind so he is he gets a cell phone from a random guy Mm -hmm. and he's like don't ask me any questions he's like alright cell phone rings hey you have to solve the mystery of why you were trapped for 15 years Mm -hmm. and he goes about solving that mystery and then uh, the last 10 minutes of this is just brutal
1: foster clock
0: brutal I love the Ugh. climax. This is one of those movies where honestly,
1: you know like sometimes you 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 like a movie but you know that when the parts you like are all over, you kind of want to leave. This one like it's a roller coaster. I look forward to every scene and the reveals and it's just it's so operatic and baroque. It's it's I look forward to that at climax every time.
0: You've you were really like knocking it out of the park lately. I think it, when we did Wetlands, I described it as like my favorite movie you've brought so far. Uh-huh. So I'm going to separate it. That's my favorite like sexy movie you've uh-huh. brought so far. This is my favorite violent movie that you brought so far. I knew you'd love it.
1: Like old Boy is is amazing.
0: I spent the last few days like, trying to find other people who have seen it that I thought would have seen it to talk to it about. And everyone's like, no, i never even heard of it. I'm like, how did... You, like, I've heard of it. Yeah. Like, well, I understand so you're not seeing house, it, but... We like uh, our grindy kind of stuff. It's so good.
1: It's so fucking good.
0: What's your favorite scene?
1: Oh, man. Let's see. That's a tough one. Like, I've really... I've seen this movie a million times. Maybe my favorite... Uh, it would be going to spoiler territory, so let's go ahead yeah, and it. Yeah, let's go, uh, again, three, two, one, spoilers. My favorite scene is absolutely the climax. Okay. And um, it's the two-part thing where it starts with, he drops the, the switch. Li wu jin the villain, drops the switch at Odesu's feet. And he starts to walk away. And you think that after after Odesu's completely debased himself and mutilated himself, he's pressing the button. And you're like, oh shit, he's going to kill him. That's how this movie's going to end. And then you hear slowly the sex sounds of Mido, his daughter, coming in. Yeah. And you're like, no! So you want
0: to give background on this and why that's so bad? Like, what is, what, why was, why was he imprisoned?
1: So, I guess I, I hate, if you haven't seen this, and apparently a lot of you haven't, I hate to spoil it for you, but, um, I've met people. Yeah, if you
0: haven't seen it, just pause. Yeah. Go watch the movie. Mm -hmm. We'll be right here. We'll wait for you. Yeah. And then press play.
1: But, back to the spoilers. I've met people who've predicted this ending, but some really, like, eagle-eyed viewers, like, really perceptive people. I'm not one of them. I did not realize. And, uh so
0: I didn't get it until like the moment was upon us and I was like no yeah the feathers like doesn't your stomach
1: start to turn no so like watch it again with you and my stomach started hurting again the second we see the feathers in her bag. but it turns out that he was trapped for 15 years so the villain could manipulate him into fucking his own daughter.
0: But why was he imprisoned?
1: He was imprisoned because, because he talks too he much. He kind of, he talks too much. He kind of accidentally spied on a girl and discovered that she was fucking her brother. Yeah. I don't think he even knew it was his brother. That that uh, was no? her brother. No, I don't think Oda knew. Yeah, they did
0: that weird thing where they were like, Nah, no. She was like, I, I, they, guy, I think they I didn't know. like make a connection that like. Yeah. Won was the brother. one
1: who I think was actually the one who like his buddies when actually ratted on everybody but Odesu was the one who saw Yeah. so Li Woo-Jean who was fucking his sister realizes Odesu his rumor got his some sister to kill herself and he was in love with his sister and which leads me to the second part of my favorite scene in the movie where that I think the absolute climax the beautiful climax of this movie is when Li woo Jin is in the elevator and it has that gorgeous shot where it moves downwards and you mm-hmm. see him remembering letting his sister go you think the easy way to end this movie would have been that um, Odessa was right? He did kill his sister. He's just a monster. He's just like blah blah blah. I think that's what the Spike Lee movie gets wrong. Okay. But I don't is. even want to watch
0: the Spike Lee movie.
1: I honestly, I was gonna suggest, um, but I decided not to do it. That for this episode, you watch the remake. We rewatch the remake and do a side by side for this. But maybe we'll do we'll revisit that because it's that's it's, the only
0: way I would watch it.
1: It's so fucking ugh. But. You feel so much compassion, and the music is beautiful when Lee genius remembers letting go of his sister; she kills herself, and then that cuts beautifully to him killing himself. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous, yeah. amazing, amazing filmmaking.
0: It's awesome. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna go with um, the epic. It's one take. The hallway, hallway fight. Yeah, the hallway fight, which is awesome. Unreal. Like he just brutalizing dudes with a hammer mm-hmm. and then my favorite part of it is after he's done fucking all these dudes up he's walking away and he turns around walks back to get his hammer <laughs> I was like dude oh that's so cool he like what a undergoing. badass moment yeah. and then the elevator opens and, he's, and you're like oh shit I'm gonna watch another blood. one and then just you know, we cut to another scene. Elevator opens again. All these dudes just fall out, and he just walks all like just walks away. I
1: can't say how Ugh. thrilled I am that you're really into this and you want to see more Korean films, because like these Korean violent films have been my wheelhouse for a decade, and most other people I know don't really care to see them. They're too violent. They're I too they're operatic. Awesome. They're too grand. Yeah. And I fucking love them.
0: It's I think it really all started for me with uh, Lone Wolf and Cub and mm-hmm. hanging out with you and then as soon as I brought that up to you, you were like, Hey, you should probably check out like Korean films and I'm like, Alright, word, and then we started watching like shit like this and it's amazing. Yeah, and I just I, wanna I have like a long consume list of more. things for you
1: that oh. like I think if if so you know I told you this is part two of a trilogy, but not not in terms of story, in terms of theme, yeah. like the Cornetos. That the first one is called Vengeance is Mine slash sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. And that one is just... It's horribly brutal in a different way in that it's about a complex crime someone commits and how people keep on dying. People do things for the right reasons and get killed. And it's just it hurts your heart by the end of it cuz everyone's dead no one survives and it was just this ugly thing where everything went wrong it's a little raw it's a little more reservoir dogs to the population okay. of old boy okay. it's still very good but then the next one lady vengeance or kind hearted Ms. gumja which is i like the title i like the title way more okay it's it's much more stylized than this one, like a lot more, okay. but I, I really, really like that one as well. It's a very, very different tone. It's not as action-y, but the actual revenge stuff is much more psychological, and it's fucking devastating.
0: Okay. I I'm, I'm agree.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, like, speaking of the hallway scene, uh, it made me... I remember like, this is why I watched Daredevil, and they have those hallway fights, and I was just like, old boy did it better.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree. Yeah. Like, there's that, like, famous hallway scene, and they compared it to The Raid, which I've never seen The Raid either, but... Um, I uh, was
1: very underwhelmed by The Raid.
0: Yeah, and when we were watching this, I was like, so, is this like The Raid's fight? Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, this is better. Yeah. And now I'm like, all right, I'll trust your opinion, because you've been right every time so far.
1: Hey! But, except for Rear Window, but The Raid has that problem where you get the DVD and it's like, do you want to hear it with the original score or the kick-ass score? The new uh, one made by the guy from Linkin Park. And I'm like, fuck uh, no. Why uh, the fuck would I want to do that? Uh, Is it that kind of movie? I don't think I'm going to like this. And it's a movie that's preoccupied of looking cool. And even when the badass stuff's happening, it's it's a bunch of guys in a room going, dude, wouldn't it be badass if they did this shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't like the raid for that reason. And like forty five minutes in, you've seen everything the movie has to offer, and it's just yeah. a lot more cool. Acrobatics. That kind of turns me
0: off. Like when a band like Lincoln Park is like, "Hey, we're gonna do the new soundtrack." Like no, like, eh, I don't want uh, you. Like if you hear uh, who's the dude who did uh, with uh, Gongo, Was it Trent Reznor? Ta-da, oh yeah, score. Trent Reznor and yeah. Atticus Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that gets me excited because it's like, okay, you're not doing like all your like other band shit. Uh-huh. You're actually like doing like a cool score you're for a movie. Doing an atmospheric score. Yeah. But, like, Linkin Park. Like, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Honestly,
1: like, uh, maybe later on in the show, I kind of want to show listen to, like, some of the score to you because it's so fucking annoying. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. Yep. And it makes a movie that was about kind of, like, really cool martial arts, kind of brutal stuff. It makes it wrong. I, I, I don't like it. All right. That if you like... if What you look for in a film, like, the old boy fight scene is amazing because it's subtle and people are in pain, and it's brutal, it's violent, people are in agony, and they're like, oh god, oh shit, my leg, and they're still trying to fight him, Mm -hmm. and that's awesome. It's it's
0: beautiful. There's emotion in the scene. Oh yeah. He has a purpose for like, not going down like dude gets stabbed in the back and keeps Keeps fighting and And the song in
1: the background is this mournful trumpet tune
0: yeah it's awesome like there's so much like going on in that scene that's not on screen Mm -hmm. and that's why that whole scene is great because you've built up this relationship with the character and you're kind of like understanding his motivations and you're can kind of see yourself in that same situation. Yeah. Like If I was locked up for 15 years, I'd want some fucking answers too. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't go down from a pussy knife in the back.
1: <laughs> yeah, 15 years of being in a room and just punching walls and just going nuts. Yeah. Oh, man. It a
0: little bit of an Andy Dufresne thing. Just trying mm-hmm. to like get out. But Super he's violent like, I don't know Andy if Dufresne. I'm on the third floor or the 15th floor.
1: <laughs> Does it matter as long as I'm out? Yeah. Okay. Um, let me ask you, did I undersell this villain?
0: Um... Did you undersell? Did I oversell the, it? Um, no, it was sold like perfectly. You didn't really like do too much of it. The only thing that you would like really went into detail on was talking about the the remake.
1: Oh yeah, and about Sheldon how
0: he, he's from the the wrong movie mm-hmm. essentially. So I was. Moore, by uh, Yeah, I was. Moore, by the way. I was kind of like looking for a villain that wasn't going to be like over the top.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I actually thought going in that it was going to be the the short uh, white haired guy that's yeah. like with him. I was like, oh, that's the villain. He's a
1: recurring actor in actually all these uh, nearly all these actors are recurring in Park Chan Wook's film. Okay. Um, old Boy Odesu himself is the villain in Lady Vengeance. Okay, cool. He's fucking great in it. He's horrible. Wait, let me let me give you the premise of Lady Vengeance quick because it's great. Um, a woman who was accused of kidnapping and murdering a little boy, spends, like, a decade or so in prison, a very long time in prison. She was, like, a teenager when she did this. And when she gets out of prison, she decides, like, very calculatingly and quietly, she's going to get revenge on the man who actually killed the child because her own daughter was taken away from her, that whole kind of thing. Okay. And it's this operatic thing, again, of a woman seeking her revenge. And it flashes back to her time in prison and how she curried all these favors, like cruelly and kindly, to get out of there. And then you discover that when she finally gets him, he's been killing children his whole life. And so she recruits all the families of the people that of the children he's killed, and they're just. And she's like, "Well, he's in that room. What do you want to do with him?"
0: So it's a little Freddy Krueger.
1: A little bit. Oh, it's, it's fucking brutal. And really, it's gorgeous. If you like the style of this one, it's great.
0: I like the style, I like the premise, and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm in.
1: There's weird, like, Wes anderson elements to it that I kind of really like.
0: Like color palettes? Like that a way? A little
1: bit, but, you know, completely suited to this thing. It's the darkness and the brightness that there's a couple There's a couple moments where, you know, a lot of it's told in, like, kind of flashback-y kind of stuff, where a character in a flat frame... In, like, flat dimensions. We'll look up then directly just the camera and be like, when I first met her, I she made me a cake. That kind of thing. Okay. Sorry, you were saying...
0: I forgot what my point Hallway was. fight. Hallway fight. Oh, no, I was, I was pretty much done with that point. It was <laughs> awesome. That's that, My point is it was awesome, and I was trying... Oh, to...
1: Lee woo as you were saying. The the villain that I oversell. Oh,
0: yeah, he, he's great. I, that was all I was saying about yeah. it. Like, he wasn't oversold or undersold. I think he hit the mark perfectly. He's, like, the perfect kind of, like cold calculating villain that you're kind he's of fearful charming of charming,
1: and he's funny too Yeah but they,
0: he it, there's enough humanity there that makes you like fearful of him because mm-hmm. he does appear to be a man in power and he carries himself that way So
1: Yeah like there's know. that first time you see him when he's he happens to cross Odessa on the street after the after the hallway fight and I was like oh oh sir are you okay and he puts him in the cab and mm-hmm. you see his face and you're like ah, <laughs> yeah who are you
0: uh. <laughs> I will watch this again. I, I might even be able to get like a few more people in this.
1: Hell yeah! Please do. Like, I
0: really want to. It's it's awesome. I can think of like ten people off the top of my head. Like I was mm-hmm. trying to talk to uh old former co-host Neil. Hey. Uh, about it, and he's like, never seen get into it. it. Yeah, I think he would too.
1: I think that there's if unless you don't like violence and you don't like. Like psychological drama, you're it, it you will like this movie. It's an incredibly well crafted movie. It's bigger than the sex and violence. It's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. It's it's like Shakespearean almost. It's very I agree. very good. Yeah.
0: It's there's uh, the elements that uh, are in it. Uh, family, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. How far are you going to go to like uh, get vengeance for family? Mm-hmm. And even in my mind, I thought it was kind of like a a weird petty way for the uh, villain to get revenge. Mm-hmm. Like it's like. Well, this is the guy who saw me like fucking around with my sister, and uh-huh. he told his friend. So he's the guy I got to get vengeance on. Like, dude, you were fucking your sister. <laughs> like, this is your problem. Well,
1: no, no, but it, it, it's it's a kind of beautiful thing he does in his own in his own horrible way. They know that at the end of it, he's like, my, me and my sister found a way to love each other. Maybe you will too. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's so wrong, but also his intentions. I don't know it's like gifting someone yeah. with a curse
0: i don't know how i would have wanted this movie to end but like yeah, I what almost, did you
1: think was going to happen right around the time where he figures he gets to the he figures out where the high tower is
0: um i just figured it would have been like he came in and he's like i finally find out like why i was in prison and i thought that was going to be like it boom fight and like credits and I mm-hmm. would have been cool with that like a vicious fight like he just like you know you see a shot of his arm go down and just a hammer comes out yeah. and he just like smashes over the dome. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been cool. But then when it's like, oh, oh no, sir, I got <laughs> This isn't your story. I, it's I got, fine. I got a little bit more. And then, yeah, exactly. It becomes, it's like this was never about you. Mm-hmm. This was about me and watching you.
1: Yeah, oh, it's, I love that end of all my heart. I don't really, uh, I may revive my earlier statement. After Lee Woo-Gin kills himself, the postscript of the hypnotist and everything. Yeah. That I was just kind of like, okay.
0: Yeah, that's that's I think that's kinda of where I'm getting at it. Like, I wanted him, like, after he found out like he was fucking his own daughter mm-hmm. to like act accordingly with a level of vengeance that he had portrayed throughout the entire movie.
1: But that's what he does with like his, his speech before he cuts off his tongue. I love yeah. that last speech. Um actually if I can make one more revision to my statement. There's only one thing that the old boy remake does right, and that's the ending. Mm-hmm. And it's that, and I think it's much more poetic. I kind of like it better. It's that after he finds out, he writes a letter to Elizabeth Olsen, who plays his daughter, Josh Brolin. And he's like, forget about me. I'm like, don't worry about it. And he pays Sam Jackson, who's the owner of the building. He pays him to keep him in the hotel room forever as his own like punishment. Oh. I'm like, that's pretty cool. He decides right. to exile himself in that room for the rest of his life because that's what he deserves. I'm like, okay, that's a pretty cool ending, actually. All right, Spike.
0: All right, uh, we d- touched on this briefly. Do you think Spike Lee agreed to do this uh, remake as kind of a middle finger to QT?
1: That would be very funny if that was the case.
0: Because they've had beef for years over like Tarantino writing characters that say the N word like willy yes, nilly all the time. But like, he makes a good point of like saying like, um, I have the the right as the writer of these characters to write the way that they would speak. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go yeah, ahead. That's very I mean, point. If Sam Jackson's appearing in your movie numerous times and he's yes. cool with it, like if Sam Jackson's cool with it, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Again, but it's just characters. But Spike Lee's just kind of like one of those like guys. That... He's a
1: little social justice warriory, yeah. but that's who he's always been.
0: That he, yeah, you
1: can't like. Like you, you can't use that term on him even, considering that he's the guy who did do the right thing. You can't really be all like, oh, my spikes. Yeah. Oh, he he started it. That was him. Yeah. He's always been that guy. Because you For said Terence,
0: you wanted this uh, to win. At... Yeah,
1: at Cannes. Uh, yeah. But it did not. He was he was president of the jury that year, I think, two thousand four. Okay. Um, speaking of Cannes, which is going on right now, but he, uh, yeah, he wanted it to win uh, the um, Grand Prix. Oh, sorry, the Palme d'Or. But then. For whatever reason, everyone else gave it to Fahrenheit 9/11.
0: That's right. Have you seen that? I have. I Haven't seen it in a while, but I remember being like, "Meh." I
1: remember being. I think it was like, like
0: 16 when I saw it, so I was like not as like politically charged.
1: Yeah, not to get into politics on in this show, I saved that for slow readers, and even then, it's just us spouting bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I think that anyone who can create, anyone making a documentary that kind of way, that with their own facts, they have, they are playing to your emotions.
0: Yeah, and you're not gonna get a lot of like people from like watching Fox yeah. News to watch Fahrenheit 911. Yeah,
1: you're not getting a non-biased point of view in that. And there's a lot of information that's interesting in that movie, and it's a good good documentary in the terms that it's telling you a story and giving you a message. But now looking back, it seems kind of exploitive Yeah.
0: Yeah. Can I rewatch and see?
1: Maybe. It's it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Again with this shit.
1: Yep. Um, any other thoughts on Old Boy before we move on to a game or other thoughts about it?
0: Um, I just really... I, I, again, I, I don't really have anything but praise for it except for the ending. Yeah. Um, the ending, like... Oh, ag-
1: what, what do you think happened in the end? What's your interpretation?
0: Um, just based on, like, the way he's kind of, like playing with the emotions on his face, I think uh, that the hypnosis to forget did not really work.
1: Yeah. I That's was thinking... kind of the
0: interpretation I'm having. So it's, it does go with that final theme of like, Hey, we found a way to love each other. Why don't you? But then at the same point, Ew. Oh, you don't want
1: to fuck your daughter, bro. Yeah. Why don't you Gross. just be, like
0: just, I don't know. Run away. Yeah. Go to the room. Forever. ghost. Her. just bail. Yeah.
1: Bill, dude, there's not a lot of snowy mountains like in the area. I'm sure they were in like Seoul.
0: Yeah, you don't have a tongue anymore, dude. You can't really please the lady. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. He's he's, he's He's got to be a hermit. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Or, like, that ending of the Spike Lee version. Sure, why not? But, uh, watching this one again this time...
0: Does Brolin cut out his tongue?
1: You know, I don't remember. Again, I was shit-faced when I saw the original, which probably added to my anger. Okay. So maybe we should redo that one. Let's think about it. We'll talk about it. Let's put that on the corkboard of just, like... After the ideas. blacklist, yeah. maybe if we can't think of anything, oh, you know, let's show it to someone. Let's show old boy to someone, like one of our like a, a new like an old host, a cold host, an old co-host or someone like Daniel or Neil. Convince someone to see the original, and then we'll do it all together for. Uh, the kind of gets to know way of a shot factory idea, but we'll do it. We'll do it again with a guest.
0: Okay, all right, I can do that. That way everyone's seen the original it. and yes. then we have like another opinion. Because mm-hmm. I know both of us would be like, fuck. What this. the
1: fuck was that shit? This is
0: bullshit. I love you, Brolin, but like no.
1: Yeah. It wasn't so- his fault. So apparently Spike Lee and uh, Josh Brolin both like oh there's a 40 minute longer cut that Spike and Josh are like really they really liked. So when they saw this one, they were just very, very unhappy with it.
0: Why'd they cut it down?
1: <sighs> Producers, studios, The know. Man.
0: The man, the man, it down as it were. Again.
1: Fucking man, man.
0: I hate that. Yeah. There's uh, so many movies with, like, extra longer cuts mm-hmm. that I-, I wish would just get released. I don't
1: know. Like what, Ryan? I don't
0: know, like the um, Eric Foreman supercut of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. yeah. That apparently gets shown at, like, Hollywood parties at his house. Mm-hmm. Which everyone who's seen it's like, yeah, this is amazing. Um, there's versions of the Phantom Edit based on his notes on YouTube. Oh, really?
1: Yeah, I've seen some of them. They're pretty good. Really? They're Most of the ones I've seen, very, very smartly. Reduce almost all of Phantom Menace to the opening crawl, and it just opens with uh, the duel between Qui Gon and uh, Ewan McGregor, Obi Wan and Darth Maul. Okay. And it's much, much better. That's all, that's all better. you get
0: from Phantom Menace.
1: Basically, and then and Qui Gon mm-hmm. being like, "You must train young Anakin," but
0: so and he's like, like, "I will train him." The fight intercut with like little pieces of him saying this. Oh
1: no! The fight, like some of the cuts I've seen have like got like. Different parts of the fight. Okay. Hopefully the whole thing, because I really my favorite part of that whole movie is like Qui Gon meditating while the walls are up and Darth Maul kind of like prowling like a cat mm-hmm. and Obi Wan being all like Grrr! yeah, which fucking actually good job George. Yeah. But uh, apparently that's um they just, they go through the whole scene and then Obi the Obi Obi-Wan, Wan's like I'll train him and then it cuts into Attack of the Clones. Okay. I never finished um, watching them but they've been pretty cool.
0: All right, maybe that's something to check out. Um, my last point. Uh, last so, point, Ryan. With these movies that you've been showing me, like these Korean films, like why do you think more people don't get into it? And you would mention, like, you think only like the A-list stuff really cut, like, gets overseas.
1: That's my guess. I think it's always, I want to claim that foreign films are better than American films, but that can't be true. I mean. Every country makes its own batches of shitty movies, yeah. but like the only, the only the best, only the cream of the crop are imported over. So we only see the best Korean films or the best Japanese films, unless if you are actively, actively seeking them out. And I'm not even that much of a hunter.
0: Hm. It just kills me because I know somewhere like in Korea, there's like probably like a a Clerks-esque kind yeah, there of movie that's like probably super awesome, but just like doesn't have an audience.
1: I think that's always gonna be the case. It's always it's always the hunt. That uh okay, have you ever heard of this movie called Mirage Man? No. Okay, Mirage Man is basically the same premise as kick ass, except instead of being a nerdy kid, it's fucking Marco Zaror, body double for the rock, and he's this incredible martial artist. And it's this super handmade looking handy cam kick ass story of this big kick ass martial artist who decides to become a superhero and it's fucking amazing I went to comic con in 2007 which one New York comic con okay and I'd heard about it reading through It cool news this movie called mirage man made by god damn what's his name but the character Marco Zerwar. anyway Mirage Man, like, if I can find my DVD of it, it would be great for this show. Or if not, I think you you would love it. Probably. Because it's, uh, you know, it's just a super, super well done. It's Chilean, by the way. Okay. It's from, it's a superhero martial arts film from Chile. And the guy. That's
0: everything I love.
1: Yeah. The guy kind of bumbles through being a superhero. And then he has a few successes using his fucking ridiculous martial arts. And then it, it makes a sharp right turn into shockingly brutal violence, and then it ends. And you're like, wait, what? What the fuck? And it's an absolute gem. When I saw it at Comic-Con, there was weirdly, I guess, that the, the word hadn't gotten out, because it was me and my friends and like three other people in this full room. And I got to meet Marco Zorro. I took a picture of him holding a pineapple. I, I, I can't really explain why, but <laughs> he was fucking, he was the sweetest, coolest dude. Like, I want to say the director's name it was Ernesto Spinoza or something. But let me double check that for you. Okay, I'll but stop for time. Let me find. I, this movie I was for a you. really big Ernesto supporter yes of uh,
0: Kick Ass when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like I remember watching. There were like two movies that I had that were like comic booky that I watched endlessly. Actually, three, because they were like didn't find like as big of an audience as I expected. Uh, Kick Ass, Red, and The Losers. Mm. And I still love The Losers. I haven't seen Red or The Losers. The Losers is great, and there's a lot of uh, now like. like people in that movie who it's a comic book movie yeah who went on to be in other comic book movies
1: Gamora Gamora Chris Evans Captain America
0: yeah Captain America um oh Idris Elba oh word Idris Elba's in it yeah Roland of the Dark Tower yeah so it's it's pretty cool and it's I I just I think it's awesome it's not really like I actually bought the source material comic and it's way different like Hmm. it's they keep a lot of character names and a lot of, like, character beats, but the story is very different. Like, the thing at the end is, um, it's the villain's name in the movie? I forget. Anyway, but it turns <laughs> out he, he, like, they're like, Max. He's, like, everywhere. And they're like, I don't know why. Turns out, like, the big twist is he's, like, a twin.
1: Oh. <laughs> so, and that's, like, the
0: big thing with it. But I remember, like, well, real actually really idea. enjoying it. And the film, especially, I remember really enjoying, so... Yeah. Or, Homework for the audience: Go watch the losers. I and guess. also
1: go watch Mirage Man, even yeah. though good luck finding it. It was on Netflix for a long time, and then it's vanished. But I have the DVD somewhere. somewhere. I to you. You, I, I promise that like more so than anything else I've ever loaned to you, you have to watch it because it's amazing. Okay. It's great. And like but, but, circling back to the point, that that was that was a lucky find for me. And otherwise, yeah. I haven't seen any Chilean movies. I don't. I'm. A, I'm. A, film snob. Yeah. That you only find the very best ones in the world. There's only so many critics who can tell you what there is to see. So.
0: That's why you have us. That's why you have us,
1: listeners. We'll do the finding. We'll point you the way. We'll hunt for you. And we'll vomit these movies back into your mouths. Yeah.
0: Like a little bird.
1: Like a little baby bird. But also, you know, that Tarantino's always been instrumental in bringing these movies to America. Like his whole Rolling Thunder thing back in the Mm -hmm. 90s when he did Chunking Express, one of my favorite movies. So if you're lucky, um... A very good American director will find out the gems and bring them to you, which is why I think that Tarantino championed *Old Boy*. And I first heard of it honestly because I was following this ridiculous website—I I think it's now defunct—but it was just um, kick-ass Asian DVDs, and they were—I just I found out about so many great ones, including *Old Boy*. And they were just like, "This movie is a mind-fuck, and you will love it." And I'm like, "Well, okay." All right. And you know what? Surprise, surprise—I fucking loved it.
0: Yeah. So, final, final thoughts
1: yeah um, people see more Korean films old boy regularly is in my top five favorite movies of all time that I think his other movies such as The Handmaiden are better I think but that's just for me but along with that list of other movies like the Apartment with Billy Wilder they're my favorites because they're very important to me. It's a movie that opened my eyes in 2004, 2005 whenever I saw it I was like, oh my God. This is what filmmaking can be. This is incredible. You know, this movie was shot like for a relatively low budget too. It was like it doesn't look like it. Like five million. Like, really? Yeah, it's 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 a shockingly not super expensive movie. Let me see. I have it right here.
0: It's it the doesn't look like a movie. Three but...
1: million. Isn't that it, fucking crazy? This
0: does not look like a three million dollar movie. No, like,
1: let's see the the cinematographer. Uh... Damn it, what's his name? Chung Chung Hoon is a fucking giant. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Visually, story wise, it's painful, it stays with you. I haven't I, I don't go a few days without thinking about this movie. It's one of my favorites of all time.
0: So that kills me. it's like the Hollywood studio system now is like you like there used to be, you know, a glut of those, you know, twenty to fifty million dollar movies you can make, yeah. small personal stories. You don't get as many of those anymore. All we get is, like, not that I'm bitching, but I am bitching. It's all, like, block <laughs> Bitch bu- away, like, blockbuster tent poles, and we don't get as many, like, small movies. Like, we don't have, I guess we do have an American old boy, but, like, we don't have, like, that in spirit yeah. anymore.
1: What do you think is the closest comparison to an American movie with if a, if a fucked up ending like this?
0: Uh, American movie with a fucked up like ending. Like, seven? I was just going to say yeah, seven. Fincher. Yeah.
1: I'm sure Fincher loves these movies.
0: Probably. He's a, he's a dirtball. Yeah. He loves that shit. Gone
1: Girl. God, I love Gone yeah.
0: Girl. Yeah, I'm a bigger proponent of uh, Zodiac.
1: Oh yeah, that's fair. That's my a very fucking fair point.
0: neighbor still has my copy.
1: That to be fair, I still have
0: his copies of the <laughs> Comedians of Comedy. So, nice. Yeah.
1: No, but I'm a. I, I honestly do prefer Gone Girl because I'm much more interested. What's your favorite in, adventure? Oh, by a million miles. Really? Yeah, by a long, long shot. You know, I'm, I like, I love movies about the complexities of love and marriage. That those are much more appealing to me than. Like, Zodiac, I think, is a perfect movie.
0: It's atmospheric. And That's what what I like about Venture.
1: Oh, it's gorgeous. But if you asked me, do you want to watch Zodiac right now, I'd be like, meh. I feel like I need to sit down and turn off all the lights. It's a commitment. Make a production out of it. Versus Gone Girl, I I could back the future of that movie. Because I can watch it at any point, any time, all the time.
0: Okay. It it does certainly get up there on the watchability scale. Mm Mm-hmm. So...
1: And for you, Ryan, what are your final thoughts on old boy?,
0: uh, It's awesome. Go watch it. if you haven't already. and if you have watched it, go watch it again because that's what I'm gonna do.
1: Yeah, oh my God. I, this is one of those movies that I watched for the first time, absolutely fell in love and watched immediately again the next day. It's just unreal. It, it rewards repeat viewing. The and wallpaper alone, Ryan.
0: I don't get enough time to like watch movies with friends um, other than you, really. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those things that like if well, I do get show, that guy. opportunity to like put on a movie, I will do it. Um, The only time I do get to do it, my cousin has a bar in his basement. Oh yeah! And all he has is his rule is no sports on the TV ever. Awesome. And he has a VHS hooked up to it, so nothing like past like two thousand three can be played on it. if there's a VHS. If there's a VHS copy of Old Boy, I would suggest it immediately. But like, other than that, like that's the only time I watch movies with friends. Like sitting at his basement bar, drinking shitty beer, and like watching I don't know like Rambo (laughs) two.
1: I think this is a this is a good movie to watch with
0: people I agree
1: it's it's a it's uh, fucked up it's, it's cool
0: um, it's got that fucked up ending but hey mm-hmm. fuck it so
1: I don't think it exists on VHS uh,
0: I'll transfer sorry buddy it. I'll do a reverse transfer DVD mm-hmm. to VHS awesome and that'll work so alright so that about wraps it up for talking about the old boy
1: um, let's take a break
0: we'll take a break and we'll come back we'll talk homework and uh, yeah all that other silly shit
1: Def Punk style
0: see you in a minute welcome back we're here Hi, after Ryan. the break we're gonna talk some homework you had homework this week gaby had homework gaby what was your homework
1: oh there's a lady in the band or yeah. a very very strange looking guy
0: kathy foster she's the bassist
1: oh cool oh yeah. god lady bassist i love lady bass always a win
0: yeah lady drummers and lady bassists. i'm a
1: big lady band fan yeah like uh the I'm donna's big fan of, um, i like the donna's Um, slater kenny one of my favorites okay love Slater Kenny
0: Thermals are big fans of them too
1: oh that's, that makes a lot of sense actually yeah there you go alright so for homework this week Ryan what did you assign for me
0: uh, it was the Thermals the Body of the Blood the Machine their third album out from 06 I believe it was what'd you think
1: Um, you know that makes I, sh- I that must be where I've heard of them cause I've read uh, I've read um, fuck Carrie Brownstein's book okay. and it talks about her, her coming up in Oregon and all the other bands she worked with Yeah. that must be where I've heard of it um, I liked it uh, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's still not really quite my style Okay. That I found a lot of the songs st- that start to get repetitive and yeah. that I felt that I didn't really like the lead singer's voice. It reminded me of, uh, the hold steady a little bit. Okay. Like, you know, the hold steady. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like half singing, half just speaking into the microphone. Yeah. Which I, I was, I was into.
0: Nasally high pitch whiny voice. Yeah.
1: It's not really my kind of singing, but. So the first couple tracks I just found super. I found them repetitive. I'm like, oh, I I I can get behind this. It's fine. But once it got to a, a pillar of salt, Return to the fold, and test pattern, I'm like, oh, they're doing some test really... test patterns. I grade. love test pattern. Actually, I think that's a really great song. It reminds me of uh, something like Best Coast would do. It oh, has a yeah. kind of like California guitar yeah. riff to it. That when they're not doing that, like I don't like that guitar sound. That really, I think it's 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 that standard like like post-punk rock guitar song I find it kind of I don't know not very interesting I find it kind of grating so whenever the band would do something different like whenever it brings in those kind of like uh those synthy kind of tones and Pillar of Salt I'm like ooh my ears would prick up and I think if there's one song in the album I actually really really like is Tess Okay. I don't really like the singer I don't really like his voice too much that's the complaint
0: everyone I've like tried to like chose to like I don't like I don't like Touch Harris. I'm like, well, fuck you.
1: <laughs> I, I accept. That's my fault. That's my bad. I think that also, if a, if a singer's going to have an odd voice, I want the lyrics to be very, very odd. Okay. Like, I like the Mountain Goats. The Mountain Goats singer He played with is, the Mountain Goats. Yeah, that makes sense. It's yeah. like the exact same voice, basically. Yeah. And But then, those songs are about strange, like, wrestlers and broken hearts on top of
0: mountains. They have some bizarre lyrics like... Uh... What was it? Palm Quarter Yaja or something like that is the uh, name of the song. Uh, I'll play it for you sometime. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an incredible song and it's like very like wistful almost. Mm-hmm. I, I like it because it, it's like his, he wrote the song about like his drug days. Oh, okay. So it's like all about, you know, like lost friends. We were fucked up all the time kind of thing. And it's really kind of cool.
1: Ryan, right, Let me ask you.
0: Sure. What is this album about?
1: And sub question, would you say you're more a melody guy or a lyrics guy?
0: Oh, okay, so we'll go with the first one. Uh, the album, um, they had sold it as, uh, like, a concept album, this one and the next one, and this was during, like, uh, George W. Bush era days. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like a concept, like, hey, what if, like, conservative Christians completely ruled the world and, like, ruled through, like, you know, martial law? Then like The You have the this, Handmaid's Tale. You like have have this, this young couple trying to, like, escape this totalitarian. Uh, totalitarian
1: totalitarian yeah
0: there you go thank you uh, Totalitarian regime. theocracy yeah there you go trying to like escape this regime so they can just you know be themselves mm-hmm. so it's a lot of like fighting to get away lyrics and like it, like test pattern if you want to look at it like that like he's you know kind of like singing like he could see himself living this life under the regime but he'd rather have this life and it's it's a very sad song but it's mm. very good and I then you get so. to um
1: it's kind of what I glommed onto. It, it's that most of my music is sad stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of interested in that, like, if everything you're giving to me, most of the punk stuff you give me is much is very high energy. Okay. And I don't listen to a lot of high energy music. Even my dance music is much more dreamy.
0: See, that's weird, because you're... Uh, this brings me to a weird point, because, like, mm-hmm. you're a very high energy person, and you listen to low energy sounds. I'm a very, like, mellow, low energy person for a lot of time. Like, I'm very just, like, meh. Uh-huh. All the time. And then all my music is, like... That,
1: it's very, that it's guitar a, it's a riff, very that very interesting. You, kind of comparison. Yeah. I guess maybe it's kind of like what reflects our action. I mean, I'm, I've always said to people who are like, You're such a positive person. I'm like, No, I'm really not. No, I'm a dark piece I'm of shit. I'm a dark piece of shit and yeah. I hate everything. Yeah. It's just that I make a very serious effort. This is like me talking charmingly, smiling, is it's not an act because that's ridiculous. It's me making an effort to be this person. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I'm alone, it's just Elliot Smith all day long. It's just, quiet reflection okay whereas enough. you are much more high energy in the inside i guess uh
0: yeah a lot of like a lot of the music i listen to is like very jumpy
1: mm-hmm. kind
0: of stuff and i
1: find it very interesting about you yeah
0: there's not really like many times where i'll like if i'm like depressed then i'll put on like cat stevens trouble oh, like God, over and over guy. and where? that's like my Smith days. does an
1: amazing cover of that really uh-huh
0: i'm gonna check that out immediately
1: yeah if you ever want to like like really just want to end it all elliot smith's trouble
0: okay I there was a the movie that i actually had wanted to watch with you at one point um up here guide to recognizing your saints yeah, they yeah, have yeah. a scene in it where they use the song trouble and the first time i saw it like uh, openly wept because it's used <laughs> so well in it because like at, like they're doing like uh one shots of all the characters and they're like doing like you know speaking right to the audience kind of thing cool. and like there's one point where like the one character is like i'm so and so and i'm a piece of shit and you're just like no you're not like it's okay <laughs> I just hug you that's so, beautiful it's, yeah it's it's really well deserved but yeah um so that's your like, yeah, question too yeah um it depends on the day honestly like hmm. it, like a lot of times i will look for like some like interesting lyrics like with the last album i gave you yeah uh, suicide machines i like islands in the sky all my dreams are just the sky. like that kind mm-hmm. of shit like i was like oh, okay that's cool and that was like part of my like Early twenties, like depressive, like guess I'm not going anywhere. Like (laughs) shit. and there's some really cool lyrics on this one. Um try to think of the song that it is. It's uh Power Doesn't Run on Nothing. Oh yeah. Like lyrically, that song song is beautiful. It's a long one too. Yeah, it's like five minutes long and like there's some really cool lyrics in it. And it's a a lot of the stuff you can read as like kind of relationshipy. Okay. And that's the way I'm I approach the album, just because yeah. they're like, hey, it's a young couple escaping, and I, I read it that way. Right. As opposed to like somebody else listening to it with not having that knowledge might interpret it differently.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me phrase the question a different way. Uh, would you rather listen to a song with a great melody with bad lyrics, or a song with great lyrics and bad melody? The first one. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. That, I think that makes you more of a melody guy. Like That's how I feel about these things, that... Um, I won't be happy listening to a song with a great melody and bad lyrics but I absolutely cannot get through I, I can't listen to I don't listen to a song for the lyrics first it's L- melody look at first. the
0: song that inspired this podcast
1: yes it's not it's section not a, Violin, a marvel section of like it's a great I love the
0: production and an, the oh.
1: drum sounds the melody's perfect yeah that I I it's why I can't get into Dylan. That I like Bob Dylan just fine. He's a couple songs that I think are fantastic, but that guy is lyrics personified, and a lot of and his singing is just so grating to me. My favorite yeah. Bob Dylan album is the one where he's not singing like Bob Dylan. Okay, it's him singing country standards, and it's great.
0: I I'm not a Dylan uh, fan.
1: Nashville Skyline. I think if you like your your Johnny Cash kind of stuff, he, that's a pretty good one. I like Johnny, and it, he doesn't sound. He's not. He's not doing the Bob Dylan thing. Yeah. he's singing. Wow, right. We should up. do a
0: bit where I'm. Uh... Dude from rear window and you're Bob Dylan. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart? Yeah, Jimmy Stewart and Bob Dylan.
1: That'll be our sketch show. Yeah. it will be our live performance. It'll be great.
0: Alright, that's good. Let's uh, let's mark I'm all that. About down. It. Down. But um
1: so like one more question about punk for you that, that sure. I was meant to ask you this from the very beginning. That what what is it about the punk culture would you consider a thermal's punk, first of all?
0: Um, it's like it's like post pop punk. Yeah. So I like I've been to a thermal show and mm-hmm. like maybe two people in the audience are like your stereotypical like punk and like the rest yeah. of them are like kind of hipstery so it's like hipster yeah i can punk. see
1: that it's 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 it, the, the whole study mountain goats comparison stands yeah it's just much more guitar driven
0: yeah that's, it's, it's that's 22, now prob- like again like i know like i will get shit eventually for from someone like that's not a punk band uh, Well, they use three chords and they're like bitching about religion and it it sounds like punk yeah. It's punk. It's
1: someone a complaint complain to me that Blondie isn't punk, I mean, tell it to Debbie Harry.
0: Yeah. That they're
1: technically punk. Same with the Clash. Clash is very, very musically punk. Clash inclined. is punk,
0: and early, um, early Motley Crue is mm-hmm. punk.
1: Oh, I could see that.
0: Like, Nikki Six came from a, like, hardcore, like, kind of, like, punk, like, 70s punk background, mm-hmm. and he wanted to start a punk band. Word. And he, he, like, in the 80s, he was always referring to Motley Crue as this little punk band.
1: Uh-huh, that's kind of awesome.
0: So, like, they may be, like, kind of, like hair metal-ish, but they don't sound like every other hair metal band because they have that edge. They have chops and they yeah. have
1: intensity to them. Yeah,
0: intensity. So, and so what,
1: what drew you to punk to begin with? That, that like, what that it's Your tastes are very interesting to me. I, you're still an enigma to me in a lot of different ways. That you didn't like Rear Window. Well, you like Rear Window, but it wasn't really your style. Yeah. You don't like the Coens, which will never not confuse me. Yep. And your musical taste really varies that it's... You like Whitney Houston, yeah. and you like this, and also you like much harder punk than I ever do. Yeah. So what, what started it? Where did you get into from there? Like, what, um, what brought you to it?
0: Um, Probably, like, high school. I think that's mm. when everyone starts really, like, you're like, fuck you, dad, I'm not listening to the Eagles anymore. <laughs> Were you
1: a rebellious kid?
0: Uh, a little bit. I mean, at a certain, at a certain point, every kid, like, rebels yeah, to I a mean... certain point, and, like, I really didn't discover, like like your rock standards until like 1450. Really? Yeah, my parents like always had on like top 40 radio oh, or country music. Huh. So like I grew up listening to that yeah. and like I was like, "All right, it's it's music." But then when I found like rock and roll, like I remember I heard AC/DC on like the radio when I was like 14. I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> and then just I started going down the rabbit hole. I listened to uh like 80s like hair metal for a majority of my time in mm-hmm. high school. And then like just I, I got the dirt, the Motley yeah, Crew book, and sure. then that's why I know so much about Nikki Six. So I started going down like stuff he listened to. I heard
1: the dirt's a great read.
0: And yeah, oh dude, it's awesome. I can't wait till that gets adapted. I think
1: Aziz sorry or someone has a bit about how at some point and like everyone is reading the dirt.
0: Oh, probably it mm-hmm. was like New York Times bestseller for oh, like a while in like 01, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I was reading it in like '05 06. I could do that. Um, but oh my god, like at that, I just went down the path with that, and then when I was like eighteen. I was an early, or a late, uh, late to the party for Blink.
1: Uh-huh. So, like,
0: everyone loved Blink, and I was like, eh, it's a band that everyone loves, fuck them. And then mm-hmm. when I was 18, someone gave me an album, I was like, no, shut the oh, fuck up, listen it? to it. Um. Was it I, Enema the I think State? it was Self-Title. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: I could, that makes sense. I, so, I could see that being your entry.
0: Yeah. It's like, weird, it's a especially little Especially,
1: like, Enema and, like, Dude Ranch are a lot more inconsequential. Yeah. And Take Off Your Pants and Jacket is, like, the height of them being, like, silly,
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, like, high school, um, there was, I think it was probably like me, like, looking like a scumbag. Like, (laughs) chicks don't want to fuck the dude with the, with the Slayer, not Slayer, like, some whatever lame, like, 80s band that I liked at the time. Mm -hmm. Kix was my favorite band. K I X. Love love them. Um,
1: It's that logic that if you find a subculture and you appreciate it, if you find a member of the opposite sex who's in that subculture you're gonna like them more than someone who's more conventionally attractive
0: yeah that's pretty true because and I they found no you. chicks going to the like my age going to those shows it was all yeah. like 45 year old alcoholic awesome. like ble- beat like bleach blondes and I was like not the future I want <laughs> and then when I started going to like punk shows and stuff I'd see like these like chicks with like brightly colored hair and like tattoos and piercings yeah. I'm like oh my I God love you. I love you marry me. <laughs> so it was like, there's hot chicks who listen to punk, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna listen to more punk. So I started listening to more punk. And
1: you married a woman who loves 21 Pilots.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's a bizarre <laughs> thing. She does She does like punk, but she's... I guess that's the difference between being 17 and 26. Yeah, it's weird. Like, her musical tastes are even more bizarre than mine. Like, you think mm. I'm an enigma? She's yeah. a fucking enigma no, to you're, me. You're like, she likes shitty very, she's 90s movies. She's a smart,
1: movies. interesting person. Yeah. And smart, interesting people always have baffling choices in taste.
0: We, like, I was sitting home on Sunday, like on day off and like came out she's like oh, let's watch a movie before like we have to like get this day going. and I'm like, whatever, I'm gonna like dip around <laughs> on my computer. She puts on the Covenant I the, think the
1: one of starring Guy from Sky High?
0: I, I don't know. It's like the, the witch movie, yeah like the, the four the boy witches. witches. No, the girl witches?
1: Oh, that, I mean The Craft?
0: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah.
1: The Covenant is the one about the young boy witches starring the kid from Sky High.
0: Okay, no. Oh, then... also
1: another. Oh, never mind. Let's save this for off, off, off mic.
0: Cool. Okay, yeah, then it was The Craft. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, you, you do tend movie, to like but good I do movies. Like, that movie. like, why are we watching this? Because it's on Netflix and I wanted to watch it. I'm like, oh, okay. And then 21 Pilots, but yeah. Uh huh. So she like shitty 90s movies. And, like, screamo punk was her thing for, like, that's the fair. longest time. People
1: always glom onto what was a, a memory, a good memory for them. Yeah, like, she was, like, a,
0: a big scene kid. Like, I think, we, like, when we were in high school, we ran in, like, similar crowds. Uh-huh. And, like, new similar people, but, like, distinctly separate crowds. I could see so that. So, it's... Yeah. We're both so, enigmas. But, yeah, uh, that's uh, how do I get into punk. Yeah. Because chicks are hot.
1: Last question to that note, which actually, you kind of answered in Droity. It's... So I have a lot of friends who are into hardcore, mm-hmm. and I I can't get into hardcore. I don't understand it. My problems with punk that you know I I around seventeen I stopped listening to punk music because I discovered that I wasn't that angry. I was just depressed. Mm-hmm. And when I found Elliot Smith and everyone, and like indie people like not quite emo like Death Cab or something. That's where I was like, oh shit, this is who I am. I found this. I'm glomming onto this because it's not it's not the energy I'm seeking. So when it comes to actual punk or hardcore. Everyone who actually likes it tells me it's about going to a live show. And I can understand that because I don't really I, – I, j- driving, listening to punk for me, is, I, that's not a lot of sense. There's, the energy okay. doesn't match what I'm doing. So is seeing like the thermals or seeing another one of your punk bands, is it more about the live experience than it is about – because I, I don't wash dishes listening to punk music. If I was at a live punk show punching and jumping around, I love it. But there's, that's the only context for me.
0: I'm probably another like enigma on this. Like, yeah. I like going to live shows. Like, but like I used to. I guess uh, yeah. I don't really like We're going. we old listeners. I don't like going to shows anymore just because it's like it's a whole commitment. I'm not going to go out and like mosh it's or crowd, anything. Parking, like parking. I yeah.
1: Line at the bar.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a bullshit. It's a bullshit anymore. inconvenience for me now at this age. Um, so like now it's. I'll just drive. I'll drive listening to punk. The only thing mm. that really upsets me is like, I can't listen to music in like a city. Oh cuz I hate being stuck at a light listening to music like That's with music playing like there needs to be movement. Huh. So it's it's a really bizarre thing. Like I will literally like pause a song and like not listen to it until I get on the highway or I've like an open stretch of road. Yeah.
1: are a up not the crack, right? Yeah,
0: I'm a I'm a weird dude. <laughs> it's uh, I'm sure some other people are like that too. But.
1: I prefer to listen to a podcast or an audiobook while I'm stuck in, stuck in traffic as well.
0: Yeah, I again like I'll do I I jump around with that too, like, ah, eh, fuck mm-hmm. it, I'm sick of music. Podcast. Word. Um, any last thoughts on Thermals for you? Um, they're a good band. I like them a lot. Right. Um, anyone who's looking for something a little bit like, kind of like a punk, uh, like pop punky kind of thing, yeah, check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, just beware, the first two albums are noise. <laughs> I love them. I think they're their best two albums. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually most people's entry point is this album or the next one. Now you can see.
1: I could dig that. So, like, I like again the the main. Stop for me is the repetitive guitar sound, but yep. that's again my choice, and the singer whose voice I don't really like.
0: Two things I love.
1: Yeah, if it was a lady singer, I'm all about lady singers, especially in punk and in rock the kind of thing. Slater Kenny, big fan of that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not quite for me, but I definitely found at least one song in here I actually really liked.
0: As long as there's one song in this, and as long as there's one scene for me in a movie. Blammo. So, so.
1: Um. So we're about to wrap up the show, Ryan. Any uh, are you watching any good movies lately? See anything good? anything uh, recommend?
0: Not- besides Old Boy. Uh, Old Boy. We saw Guardians like two weeks ago. You yeah. saw it again. I saw it again. I'm um, encouraging everyone to go see it. Um, I wanted to go see Alien, but you kind of like talked me out of it almost. But I'm I'm still gonna go see it. Yeah, go see it. My intention was to go on Monday night, but mm-hmm. I got out of work late, and yeah, I was like yeah. spent. Uh, all I had time for was like a beer and bitching.
1: Yeah. Listeners, if you liked Prometheus, you'll like uh, you'll like Alien Covenant. I did not like Prometheus, and thusly, I. Hated he alien. Said Daniel yeah, he's open. It, right? Daniel's a big alien acolyte. He loves okay. he loves alien. He loves a xenomorph, he loves a perfect organism, that whole thing. That's his wheelhouse. Why
0: don't you tell me this? We could have found common ground when we were having that last podcast.
1: We're broad <laughs> people. We're fascinating. You'll All right. see him
0: soon. All right. But
1: um, I don't really care for it. I don't tend to like horror movies unless they are very
0: yeah, you do have that. very
1: smart horror movies. They have to be they have to be about intelligent people. And the vast majority of characters in most horror films are cannon fodder. Which I find extremely irritating. Yeah. It's why I liked Oculus. And why I liked... Uh...
0: Well, you need to watch the fucking Conjuring movies. Yeah, I
1: have them. I'm going to. Oh, that's the plan. I'm going to watch Streetcar Named Desire tonight. And then I'm going to watch The Conjuring.
0: second one scared the shit out of me.
1: I'm very I'm open to it. I hear they're that's... very smart movies. I
0: watched it in middle of July... Lights out. I just gotten the new kitty. So I was like <laughs> I had like a little kitten chilling with me. Mm-hmm. And it was like a particularly scary scene. And in my bedroom, which is like right next to my living room, a picture like frame fell off the wall and crashed. <laughs> and I was like so freaked out. Like the cat was like looking at me, uh like, Are You gonna do something about this? I'm like, mm-hmm. nah, fuck you, dude. Nope. This is your problem. You Sorry, go So like I like turned all the lights back on. I took like a 40-minute break from the movie, like went outside and like chain smoked for a minute, and mm-hmm. then like came back in and finished it. But I was like Fucking freaked. (laughs) Uh,
1: I'll get on it. Um, Yeah, go see Ellen Covenant if you want. I hated it. I hated it with. I was sitting there shaking my head the entire movie. God, I hate it.
0: Alright. Do I have homework?
1: You do have homework, Ryan. Um, I'm going to leave it to you, but I think you already decided. Yeah. So um, you didn't really like Rear Window that much, so I think classic suspense is not for you. So I'm going to take a, a step back into safe territory for me, my wheelhouse. You're going to watch one of Akira Kurosawa's classic samurai films. Okay. Um, it's up to you. Do you want to do Seven Samurai? Or Yojimbo. Seven Samurai is much more the traditional, high-spirited western, but it gets very dark. Fucking three hours long, but it it feels like fifteen to me. That movie is okay. so engrossing. I've watched every special feature on that DVD. Or you can watch Yojimbo, which is much more a kind of badass Sergio Leone kind of western. I mean, Leone stole from it wholesale. Uh,
0: I think I'm gonna go with Seven Samurai just because it's always like bandied about and talked about with like mm-hmm. every movie, so. I think, I think the Jimbo's needed, more accessible, okay. But
1: Seven Samurai, if you're willing, to, if you want to commit, if you want to like dive into the titan of like samurai films, that's the one. You okay. Three-hour commitment, but great, 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 great. But if you want to have a much more relaxed, what like I wouldn't come home from work after a long shift and watch Seven Samurai. That's a commitment. It's it's a bit too heavy. Okay. But I would come home from work and watch you a because that movie's pure fun, top to bottom.
0: Okay. Well, I luckily I am off tonight. BLAMO so, Something's Sam happening samurai. tonight. Something's happening. Yeah. I'm I'm leaning towards that, but if it's like midnight when I decide to put it on, I'm like, eh, maybe we'll just watch yeah. But I I'm I I really do yeah. want to do seven. Seven
1: samurai. samurai is an epic Yo Jimbo is a kick ass western.
0: Okay. Alright.
1: Alright. Um oh. so that about oh um, I'm watch I watched the mermaid, Stephen Chow's movie. Oh yeah. yeah it's yeah. good. Um
0: sorry I didn't reciprocate with what you watched.
1: Okay. Um that was good. And uh, I borrowed *Streetcar Named Desire*. I finally finished my fucking class, college, my 50 cinema class, which I hated every minute of it. But then again, I did learn a lot more about Ilya Kazan. So I'm gonna watch uh, the fucking. As long as you got
0: something out of school. Yeah, I learned that's a little bit. All we care
1: about. I'm gonna watch *Streetcar Named Desire* because that's great. Also, watch *Kimmy Schmidt* because it's really fucking good. Yeah. Two, season three out now. John You're, Hamm, baby.
0: You you love your little girly shows. I
1: love Tina Fey, dude. Like yeah. Tina Fey is not little girly show that. She and future guest Ryan Hill agrees with me that her sitcom writing is 100% top of the line. Brilliant. No one writes sitcom better than Tina Fey. Dirty Rock. I've, I've re-watched the entire series over and over again. And Kimmy Schmidt's amazing. Cool. Ryan, what do you got a plug for us?
0: Uh, we got a plug for you. So, just the next couple weeks? Is this where you want me? On? Sure. I mean, like, can I find you online? What are we doing next week? Uh, you can find uh, me online at, at Podcast. S is in Sid, and as in Nancy, V Vicious podcast. Nice. That's Twitter How about the Instagrams and all that jazz.
1: Sure um, the Instagram is Sex and Violence, the words sex and violence pod on Instagram. You can also find me, Gabriel, on Twitter at G Mara number four serious. Or you can follow me personally on Instagram if you feel like it at Tumble Dry and Five Lies. Both of those lead you to my Tumblr, which is short fiction, cocktail recipes, nonsense.
0: Cool. And you can find both of us every Friday, Saturday night at the Bookstore Speakeasy. Yeah, come home. on,
1: get a drink. If you, yeah. again, write a review for our show or just, you know, subscribe, please. If you write a review, we'll read it on air. Write, if you can't think of anything to write, write uh, five stars. Would fuck all the time, Ryan or Gabe, both maybe.
0: Yes. Thank so. you for feel it, filling my ear holes.
1: Yes. Hell yeah so um, besides that listen to Slow Readers another Top Gallant radio production this is a Top Gallant radio production by the way uh, there you go Danny you piece of shit
0: Gallant or Gallant Gallant oh
1: that's Goofus and Gallant I oh think. but yeah Top Gallant radio um, listen to that show Ryan um, Ryan, he's gonna be a guest on it at some point with Dark Tower style but uh, Daniel Reichel and I guest on the show we talk about books and politics and life mainly we just bullshit and Daniel gets a little bit drunk
0: yeah Yep. I kind of want to come on.
1: Yeah, I do. Please. We'll love to have you. All
0: right. Um, so, yeah, the next couple weeks. So, we only have one more episode before we start the blacklist. Oh, man. So, that means that I would like... i got to get a hold of him if he mm-hmm. answers his fucking Facebook yes. messages and see what's up with that. But, um, tentatively, next week would be... I'm not even going to say it in case it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So We might it, have a guest next week. What's that?
1: We might have a guest next week. Yeah, we week.
0: might have a guest next week. If not, then, um, I don't know. Killer
1: Clowns!
0: no I don't know. <laughs> we'll just pick something together
1: yeah we'll have, we'll have we'll have some fun we'll think of something
0: yeah Yeah. so
1: we'll... message us review us subscribe please just come at us yeah come at we'll love, us love to t- talk to you come, come out, be you a bro. guest on our show yeah
0: it'll be fun and we have Blacklist all figured out for the most part I think. for the most part for the most part
1: oh, and what's still open Monster Squad and uh, Long Kiss Goodnight
0: yep those two are open
1: alright I'm gonna see which one Daniel wants to
0: do okay cool so that about does it for that this week that was our show everyone. that was our show so thanks for listening guys we'll see you next week sex and violence.
1: Bye. Bye.